Hi, this is Mark. Thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. You know, here in North America, we've been blessed in so many ways in comparison to a lot of other places in the world. And I have traveled to quite a few other countries in the world, so I'm speaking with some, some authority on the matter. For the most part, we have, for example, a pretty good medical system in comparison to some countries where getting medical care is almost impossible or non-existence. Oh, I know we have our problems, but, you know, it's pretty good. And most people live a pretty decent life here in North America. I mean, we'll always have the poor with us. Even Jesus acknowledged that fact. I'm not saying that's a great thing. But here in North America, people have the opportunity to find employment, work, and earn some money. Even if it's sometimes not a living wage, it's something in comparison to a person I know who lives in Rwanda, for example, who live in virtual poverty, where it's difficult to get a job even as low as sweeping the streets or bussing tables in a restaurant or making a few bucks doing some menial job. Can't find that kind of work. There's just no money to be had. In comparison, we live a pretty good life, even when um, you speak to those who are uh, the lesser advantaged of our society. And we have places to go and enjoy, like fun parks and museums and theaters and musicals and just outdoor green spaces that anybody can go to. Yeah, this world offers us some pretty good things to enjoy. And yet, what this world has to offer to, to us pales in comparison to what God has to offer to us through Jesus Christ. You see, what this world offers to us isn't lasting happiness. It's not lasting satisfaction. If you talk to the richest people in the world, if they're honest, they'll probably tell you that what they have isn't really that satisfying. And some of them live in, in, in depressive states. They're over drinking and they're on drugs. They're doing things in an attempt to escape the emptiness of their hearts. Some even take their own lives because they find no satisfaction in all of the successes and all the things they've accumulated. You see, real joy and real fulfillment can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, so you say, okay, what, what's the advantage of being a Christian? What's the advantage of trusting Jesus? Well, when a person takes a step of faith to receive Christ as their Savior, and they say to the Lord, I want you to be the master of my life. I want you to rule my life. Several things immediately happen to that person. The first thing is that Jesus places them into the family of God by forgiving their sins and making them right with God. So the barrier of sin that kept them from God is taken away, and now they can have fellowship with God. We couldn't have fellowship with God before. Sin blocked that relationship. But also, when we receive Christ, the Spirit actually gives us a new nature. Listen to this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You see, Christ's death for sin has changed literally the way God looks at us. Instead of looking at us merely as a human being, when we receive him our Savior, when we get his forgiveness for sin, when we, when we accept that, 
he sees us differently. We're given when we're given the righteousness of Christ, he sees us as a new creation. We become something we were not before. Our identity changes from being a fallen version of ourselves to being associated with the righteousness of Christ. The Spirit gives us a new nature, which involves a new sense of morality, changed behavior, a new sense of how to live. And in fact, the old version of what we were before, well, it can't be recovered. You can't say, oops, I made a mistake. I think I'll go back. No, it's gone and the new has come. And now all the old dreams and the old ideas and agendas and purposes, they've ceased to exist, and they've been replaced by Christ's ideas and Christ's agendas, Christ's purposes in an entirely new creature entitled Christian. Isn't that awesome? Now, when we receive Christ, all things become new. We also have a new desire to obey Christ in all of his commands. Now, um, some people say, well, maybe I don't want to obey everything that God says. Well, now listen to this. Matthew says in Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. No, we don't get to pick and choose the commands to obey. We, we don't get to say, well, I like that one, but I don't like this other one. I'll do that, but I won't do this. No, no, no. We don't complain about what God wants. But with a new heart and a new joy, a true Christian gladly does what God says without complaining. And then we also willingly begin to turn away from old habits and old sins. You say, well, I like that sin. I, I want to hang on to it. Mm -mm, no. 1 John 3 says, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You see, a, a person who says they're a Christian, but they say, Well, I'm just going to keep doing the old things that I always did. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's not hurting me. No, no, no. They, If they make no attempt to change anything, they're not really saved because a saved person will have a new conscience and they begin to change their sinful behavior in the power of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit convicts them of their sin and they can't help but want to change. He even gives us the desire to want to change. Maybe not immediately, but progressively. I'm telling you what, I'm not, I'm not what I want to be yet, but I'm not what I used to be. A Christian will also experience a change toward other people. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You see, a true Christian loves people no matter who they are, what they've done, what language they speak, what their skin color is, where they live. They don't hate people. A Christian doesn't hold animosity in his heart toward people. Maybe somebody's offended them or hurt them or took advantage of them and they don't hold that in their heart, but he loves his neighbor as himself. In fact, the great love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 talks about this. When Paul wrote, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. 
It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You see, those are the marks of a true Christian. Are those things true of your life? Now, I'm not saying that I'm always patient. You know, I'm not saying that that uh, I, I'm sometimes not not rude. But you know what? When I am rude, when I am impatient, the Lord convicts me of that, and I confess it before the Lord, and He's working on me, and I'm changing. See, if you, say, if you call yourself a Christian, but there hasn't been any change in your life, better begin to question whether you've really been converted or not. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, you'll recognize them by their fruits. In other words, when you become a child of God, a change begins to take place. And you can see it in the life of the person who has accepted Christ. You say, well, what is that fruit? Well, it's found in Galatians chapter 5. Here it is. Let's, let's measure and see if these are true of our lives. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, those are the fruit of the Spirit that you get when you receive Christ as your Savior, and they indicate that a person is genuinely a Christian. Are those things true of your life and mine? Like I said, I, I can't say that I'm always full of patience and kindness and, and gentleness. Sometimes that's not true of my life, but I'm growing. I'm changing. I want to change. I, I want to be more patient and loving and kind. And the Spirit convicts me when I'm not. Now, if those things aren't evident in a person's life, progressively, well, they should begin to question whether they're really saved or not. Listen, have you had an encounter with Christ? Has there been a change taking place in your life? Is the Spirit of God working in you and and uh, are these things growing in you? If not, why don't you drop to your knees right now and repent and say, Oh God, forgive me. Come into my life. Fill me with the Spirit. Change me to be what you want me to be. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week.